From WNYC, this is Money Talking. I'm Charlie Herman. In the week since the latest mass shooting, this time at a high school in Florida, the question is being asked again, what can be done? In the search for answers, the president met and listened to survivors and family members of people who died in school shootings. Should have been one school shooting and we should have fixed it. And I'm pissed because my daughter I'm not going to see again. CNN held an emotional town hall on the issue. Explain to me how an 18-year-old with a military rifle is well regulated. And the world, our country, our nation is going to grade your answer. And students from the Florida high school where the shooting happened are now pushing state lawmakers to ban assault rifles. Making any significant changes to the nation's gun laws is something elected officials will have to tackle. But is there a role for corporations and their leaders to play in this debate? Well, joining me to discuss this are Rana Fruhar with the Financial Times and Rob Cox with Reuters. And Rana, what exactly could CEOs do to make a difference and should they? Well, you've already seen, not just with guns, but with any number of issues that fall within the realm of the social and the political climate change issues, tobacco. You've seen asset managers, heads of financial institutions coming out and saying, you know what, we don't want to invest in these things. And that's something that many have already done. During the World Economic Forum in Davos, we saw Larry Fink, uh, in advance of that, come out and say, companies have to have a social purpose. They have to do good at a time when the country is more polarized than ever before. Now, The question is, when does the rubber hit the road with this? A lot of CEOs I talk to are saying, all right, we want to do the right thing too, but assuming you're not a gun manufacturer, assuming you're a different kind of a CEO, what does that entail and how will you be judged for it? Rob, Rana mentioned Larry Fink in BlackRock. He runs that company. It's the world's largest investment management firm. And he did talk about this idea of companies need to make a positive contribution to society to serve a social purpose What does that actually mean, like Rana said, when the rubber hits the road? Right. So Larry wrote this in a letter to CEOs. Some people thought it was sanctimonious, but he basically said that companies must benefit all stakeholders, including the communities in which they operate. So now you have a question. BlackRock is actually the largest shareholder of publicly traded gun manufacturers in the United States. In fact, they own 11% of American outdoor brands, which actually produced the AR-15, the Smith & Wesson model that was used at the Parkland shooting. So now they're faced with a question, you know, do they want to be seen as providing equity capital or support or financial backing for companies that are making a product, a class of firearms that at this point, it seems a majority of Americans believe should be off the streets. And this is a moment where the rubber is, has to meet the road here and, and Larry's going to have to figure out, okay, yes, we own these through so-called index funds, right? But there's going to be a moment where that letter to shareholders, to CEOs rather, is going to have to be reconciled. Well, Rana, that raises a question of what can shareholders do if they take a position on this? What can individuals who maybe have money in a 401k that's an index fund, can they have some sort of effect on what companies decide to do? Well, I think at a grassroots level, they can certainly raise their voices. You know, they can lobby, they can show up at shareholder meetings and say, you know what, we don't want the index fund to be a part of this. Yeah, I think there are some specific things, one of which is to say to the companies and the boards, hey, we're a big shareholder. We think there's a reputational risk here. Could you consider getting out of this class or this line of firearms? Could you change your marketing? Is there something we can do here so that it's clearly marketed to responsible consumers? There are a number of things that they actually could be doing as 
quote unquote, engage shareholders. That's not saying they're divesting necessarily. It's just saying we're a shareholder. We'd want to make sure that you're working responsibly for the long-term benefit of the company. Rob, is this really the place, though, for corporations to get involved in these societal, political issues? Is this really their role? Uh, I mean, their role is to be good stewards of their businesses, right? Clearly, if you think that this is a risk, if you think that you might have a boycott because you own these shares, look at what's happening here. This is potentially a business risk if you are seen on the wrong side of history. A lot of companies talk about corporate responsibility. What exactly does that mean, though, when companies say we're all about corporate social responsibility? It means very little, frankly. I mean, that, that's one of those terms like organic that is now used to, to cover a variety of potential uh, topic areas. Um, what I look for when I hear a company talking the talk about, you know, we're about CSR, we want to do good in the community, I look at what their programs are and I look at ways in which they really work organically with a, sorry, no pun intended, work at a kind of a grassroots level with their business models. I do think that the thing that Larry Fink hit, and he needs to give a lot more specifics about how BlackRock is going to put their money where their mouth is on this, but the thing he hit was that I think people are moving away from the idea that what is good for the share price is good for America. I think they're moving towards an idea in which they're saying, hey, we live in an economic ecosystem. There are workers, there are customers, there are companies, there's the public sector, there are kids that go to high schools and can't walk in there safely. And the corporate world is a part of all of that. And that has to be taken into decision making and strategy. Rob, this week, the New York Times columnist Andrew Ross Sorkin proposed this idea that what if the finance industry set new rules for gun sales? And and that could translate to you go to buy a gun and you go to use your credit card and it doesn't work because it won't let you buy that kind of gun. Is that a good solution or is that a dangerous road to go down? I mean, it depends a little bit on the reason they do it. If it's because they see there's a real reputational risk to being the financier or even the payment system that allowed a killer to get a gun that then was used to kill lots of people, I think then they'd start to see that there's a business risk here and they'll do it for that reason. I mean, I'm not saying that's the right reason only for the bottom line, but they can't just do it on based on a political whim, you know, that they don't want to work with gun manufacturers. You can't just say a certain class of citizen should be denied finance, right? And that would be the argument against it. That said, the financial industry has a lot of power. And again, if their customers decide that they'd like them to exercise that power in a certain way, as they did with, say, divestment from South Africa, there's there's any number of movements in the past that have worked in this way, and you decided that you wanted to change the laws in such a way to make it unlawful to sell AR-15s, then they would have to comply with it. In this political environment where things are, are really partisan right now, is the best course of action perhaps for a CEO to, to not take an action whatsoever? Any CEO that's planning out for 10, 15, 20 years needs to be thinking about these kids at Parkland and their cohorts. They are the future. They're the, the millennials and the younger millennials. So the smart CEO is going to find a way to understand what they're thinking about and try to market to them and try to make them their customers. The CEO, he or she that just hides and decides to bury their head in the sand will be the loser here. Rob Cox is the global editor at Reuters Breaking Views. Rana Fruhar is the global business columnist at the Financial Times. Thank you both for joining. Thanks. Thanks. And I'm Charlie Herman. This is Money Talking from WNYC. 